Institute. That's a good one as well. <laughs> Most people completely mess it up. <laughs> Did I do a good one? Yeah. Smash it. Welcome to the United Way. It's the first episode. The first episode. We've been waiting a long yeah. time to get back in here. We uh, recorded a mock pilot there a couple of months ago. We were yeah. so happy with how it went. We thought we would be in recording the first episode probably a week later, but look, life got in the li- way. Life got in the way, and then summer got in the way. Summer got in the way, but mm-hmm. we are here now officially. This is the first episode, folks. Um, as you know, I had a podcast with Goal Out last year. It was Goal Mouth. We wanted to move on. We wanted to focus on United. I needed a partner in crime. I needed the perfect partner in crime, and I have him in my co-host here, and Damien Broderick, uh, the man himself. This is our podcast. This is the United Way. Um, you're a massive United. You're like I like me. You're a massive United fan. Can you give us give us a background on how big of a fan you are? Yeah. I remember you telling I me mean, you told me a lot. Yeah, look, I've been yeah like a United fan, diehard United fan, my entire life. Yeah, my my dad grew up in Manchester. Um, lived in Bank Street, which is the same street that Danny Welbeck grew up on obviously just many many years apart because my dad is not the same age as Danny Welbeck I think Danny Welbeck's probably closer to my age than my dad's age mm. but he went to school right up beside Old Trafford so back in the day then instead of picking academy kids to do ball boy they went to the local schools and picked mm. k- picked kids so he got to see all the greats play yeah. right from Pittside um, I had the United kit on me before I left the hospital probably the first <laughs> garment that went onto my back was the United kit as a baby Um and then, yeah, I was, I'm 32 now, as of yesterday. Happy birthday, by the way. Thank you very much. Yeah. Um, so, I was absolutely spoiled growing up as a United fan, all through the 90s, yeah. like, where, you look at the the rivalry between, like, United and City now, mm. like, when I was growing up, like, I didn't even know who Man City were, because they're in, like, the second division, do you know what I mean? Like, it was just never even a thing, like, yeah. Liverpool were the rivals. I, I kind of knew Man City through Oasis. <laughs> See, I didn't That's even, how I knew them. I didn't even like Oasis. So, like Man City, like basically didn't even know that they existed. Like yeah. growing up, they were completely irrelevant. They're, yeah. they're still irrelevant now. Well, if you do your history as well with with, with Man City, they were a big club in the seventies. They did re- Dennis Law mm. when nineteen seventy two or seventy three. Yeah. Um, all the United fans can correct you, me on yeah. it. We scored that back heel against us that relegated us. I know, I was literally just about to say that. Yeah. Because every every single time Dennis Law has mentioned to my dad, that's that's what he said. Yeah. I, I watched him relegate us. I watched oh, him with I my know. own eyes. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, I'm sure that really hurt. That is heartbreak. Yeah. That's, oh, real that's arguably heartbreak. one of our best players ever, you know. Yeah. Um but Does, yeah, you know. People know how big of a United fan I am as well. Yeah, yeah. I think it's it's probably something that, unless you follow me on Twitter, if you follow me on all my other platforms, you probably don't really know. A little bit on Instagram now. Well, yeah. Um, I wear a lot of retro shorts and, and stuff like that. And and it came as a big surprise to your followers as well that, that you were a United fan when you were wearing the Yeah, the when, I was, shirt, when I was wearing the away shirt. Yeah, <laughs> I was like, why is he a United fan? I'm like, are you new here? <laughs> but, but then when some of them do follow me on, on Twitter, they get a real sense of how big of a fan I am because all my Twitter is is just me giving out. It's basically like yeah. live updates of matches when they're on and then it's just me just literally yeah. just whinging and moaning and crying. Yeah. But, so, so. You're an Al Foran inspired Twitter account. <laughs> yes. 
literally just give out about everything just give out about everything there's like zero positivity yeah, on no, that I, page I, do you know what? I tried to I do I tried to stay positive on, on Twitter I think um, the 21-22 season was a bit of a shit one and there was a lot of negativity throughout that season with Ole getting the sack mm. you know Ralph Ranić coming in <laughs> and uh, I thought Ranić was, was going to you know, clean it up for six months and yeah, proved to be wrong there. So that was pretty shit. But I think since this this new guy has come in, Mr. Ten Hag, um <clears throat> there's been a change in the philosophy. Big one. Um the players respect him. There's discipline. Um, you know, judging by last season, there's a lot has improved, especially at the back. Uh, going forward, it, it it could be better, but I think you know we we'll delve into it later on with you know some, the the new signing um, that's come in from Atalanta. You know how that will improve next season, but th- there's a, there's a massive change in in the in the football, the football and structure at United. The owners still need to go, in my opinion, still need to go, but we're making good steps forward, aren't we, Damien? Yeah, absolutely. I think what the manager's done since coming in is nothing short of a miracle when you yeah. think of how bad how bad it really what it really was yeah. after um Ollie was sacked Ranrick came in I think everybody had a bit of hopes of what yeah. Ranrick was going to do but it just ended up being more toxic he was just throwing yeah. players under the bus he was mm. throwing the board and every, he was throwing everybody under the bus the results weren't yeah. there for him to be backing up and be like oh well I'm, I'm squeezing results out here yeah. Do you know what I mean? And then I think when Ten Hag came in, really evaluated everything, yeah. put his philosophies, his in- infrastructure in place. And even when the, the first couple of results were really bad, I think we was a, like a 4 0 and, yeah. and a 3-0 or whatever it was, first two games of the season, and everybody was like, you know, we were the laughing stock of the of the season. Yeah. Turned it around fairly quickly. Yeah. And I think that's probably one of his best traits is how adaptive he is very yeah. very very quickly well I think as well I think <clears throat> I think Ranić came into the job the you know temporary position mm. with the mindset of a fan you know he, he had the mindset of what the fans thought of the owners and that's probably not the best way to approach things but he probably thought in his head I'm, I'm here and I'm you know I'm out after six months maybe I don't know if he thought that he'd stay on in a kind of director role um, I think that was kind of that was what was going to happen as well. I think so. Yeah, yeah. no, it was. That yeah. actually, that that was kind of that, pro- that seemed probably concrete. probably would have happened yeah. if he'd probably conducted yeah. himself in a, yeah. in a bit of a, a way that was more likely. Like, yeah, it was more liked by the board and, and by the owners. He probably would have stayed. Like on. it's a bit of a dilemma. Me saying this, but Ten Hag came in and he worked in tandem with the owners and with um, Murtaugh, which is probably the correct way to do things. Mm. Um, Unfortunately, we've seen what happened with past managers who've spoken out against these owners. And, you know, the, you look at Mourinho, Van Gaal, Ranić, uh, Oli didn't really speak out against them. No, at all. And, it was just the results see, went against you did, him. You did see success there. But I think Ten Hag is, I think it's, he, he understood going into this job that it, there's a lot of patience required mm. with regards to improvement in the whole structure of the club. The training yeah. ground. Big swan. He had to start. He had to start off coming in from from a mental point of view. Mm. He had to improve the morale of these players. And you look at Rashford. Rashford's the prime example of. Like I remember when Ten Hag came in and he said he wanted to make Rashford his star player, and I kind of thought, oh, 
and I'm basing it on last the, the season the before. Season before. So, mm. Man, his attitude isn't isn't up to par. And, and even Rashford came out in an interview there the other day and said that he was considering leaving before Ten Hag uh, came in as manager. So that was kind of his first approach, improving the morale of these players and instilling discipline into the squad. And he did that like oh, 10 out of 10 job on that. Big time, I think. Wasn't it the Wolves game where Rashford had scored in X amount of consecutive games beforehand, yeah. was late to a team yeah. meeting and, and was dropped? Yeah. And I think Rashford came on and, and scored. On, scored. But <clears throat> it's, it's that level of discipline that is required yeah. Where that speaks volumes to the rest of the team. Yeah. This guy's banging in goals every week and he's just dropped them because he was 20 minutes late. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? What, like, what's going to happen if you really step out of line? Yeah. Do you know what I mean? So I think like little things like that and I think the ability to make tough and you know, you know probably calls that he knows that a lot of people are going to come after him for. Yeah. Like dropping, <clears throat> dropping Ronaldo and then selling Ronaldo. Best decision you. That was the best decision best, he made. Best decision he made. I, I, people, people. I've seen people saying, "Oh, it was a real tough time for United when Ronaldo, you know, was dropped." And was it? Oh, it wasn't tough. Did you? The, the entire <clears throat> the entire team improved. The, yeah, the the circus around it was oh. the biggest load of bollocks ever. Yeah. You know, we had just beaten. We had, we were on the highest of highs before the World Cup. Garnacho had just scored the winner against Fulham. Things are looking good really good before the World Cup and then he came out and did the interview but it it was only more so a distraction behind the scenes mm. nothing he did like it didn't really distract anything that was happening on the pitch thankfully like when we came back from the World Cup I couldn't believe our form I couldn't believe how well we'd played for a couple of months mm. considering we were playing you know Sunday, Thursday, Sunday, Thursday for yeah. inse- a, I don't know how long a game every three, <clears throat> three days or something every like three that. days yeah it was like a phenomenal, it was a phenomenal run. But I knew, I knew they would have. I knew they were running out of gas. Yeah. I was looking at coming into April. I was like, "Ooh, they're looking tired." Even March, you know, the and game, the the early went, March, the game yeah. we won't talk about <clears throat> at Anfield. Yeah, um, <laughs> which which the the pilot that we mentioned earlier on, um, we recorded that right off the back of the Carabao Cup yeah, win. Yeah, but it was literally like. Two days, <laughs> two yeah. days after that, Liverpool <laughs> game. So we did actually discuss it on that episode, yeah. but we we were past that now. <laughs> we, I, we shall not the be. The thing is, that. I didn't get ahead of myself though. After the City game as well, I didn't get ahead of myself and think, "Oh, we're going to win the Premier League." Oh no! I know some people that did. No. I was like, "Oh, Oi, stop, please, please." Stop. Even when we were playing really, really well, the results going well, like. I honestly never ever. I never. It's it never entered my no. mind that we we're going to win the league. It's not sustainable. If you're no. playing in the Europa League, you're playing in the the League Cup. We're not the squad the that we Cup. have. No, it. I, but I don't think it's sustainable for any team. The, I, the quadruple is. I would. I would say it's borderline impossible. It's 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 an anomaly. The treble is 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 possible. It, it is. You've seen it with City. You've seen it with with us. You've seen it with Barca, Real Madrid, Bayern. Yeah. It is. It's it's possible. Um. Like obviously, Mister Ten Hag has absolutely no idea that I even exist. But um, he, <laughs> hey, the click click club guy, go so good. <laughs> I like your videos. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. If he ever says that, that might be the only time I ever fangirl over somebody. What, what jackets does he wear? He wears like a there's a it's a particular brand he wears. Sorry, I know we're delving. I know. I don't know. I'll look it up and I'll find out for you later on. Gen- generally, I'm good at good. Do, at, um, yeah, I'll look it up. Point it up for the next episode. For the next episode, I'll find out what yeah. it is. I'll do, I'll do a style breakdown on the manager. <laughs> <laughs> um, but 
going back to his transfers, he has, say like this Hoyland lad or whatever, mm. however you pronounce his name, we'll have to learn that. Although the stats don't back it up, I feel the manager has earned my trust. Yeah. Because of the other transfers that he's made, because of the way he's integrated them into the team, because of the way he has the team yes. playing. Yeah. I feel I give the, the he's earned the benefit of the doubt. Yeah. He's obviously signing this guy for a reason. Yeah. Mm. And the manager has earned that trust. And I, I, yeah. I, I feel he's probably earned that from a lot of the fan base. Massively so, yeah. Do you know what I mean? And I think that's something that a lot of previous managers really lacked. Yeah. Yeah, oh, 100%. I mean, some of the signings we made under the previous managers, I mean, if you look at Maguire. Maguire, prime example, probably one of the worst signings we've ever, we've ever made. And that's no disrespect mm-hmm. to the guy. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? If you're, if you're a professional footballer and a club like United come in for you, and they're offering a, a huge fee because your, yeah. current, your current club have valued you at that. Like That's nothing to do with the player. And then you and your agent go sit down and then you discuss wages and they're throwing crazy money at you. Yeah. Come on. Like, as nothing to do with Maguire as a, as a human being. He's yeah. just not at that level. He's just not no. at... Well, not even United. I don't think he's at a top four club level in general. No, I, th- I think... Um... He, yeah, he'd he'd get into a top ten side. He's, I mean, I could see, yeah. I could see him really performing at a. I mean, West Ham are interested. I could see him doing well there. He yeah. believes, from what I've heard sources say, he believes he's too good for West Ham. God, I mean, you almost have to respect how delusional that is. Yeah, yeah. Um, like, how can you have the last what two seasons? Well, like last season, he was like not even second fiddle. They played Luke Shaw before you. Yeah, last I know. night. I know. He, I know they. I said this in the car on the way here. I know they stripped him of the captaincy and gave it to Bruno, which I'm sure Maguire anticipated. Yeah. Anyways, <laughs> McTominay walked out as captain last night while Maguire was in the starting eleven. I know that should I speak know. volumes. I know volumes. He should be like if I was him, I would be. My agent would be nearly blocking me number. I'd be hounding him. Just get me a move. Get somewhere. me a move somewhere. Get me anywhere. football. Yeah. Yeah. Get me out of here. Get me first team football. And you know, but get your fact, career back on track. Yeah. And that, that's, you know... And do you know what the other issue is there? Gareth okay keep, keeps picking him for the England squad. And that's the issue there. How can you pick... Does, yeah. yeah. That is the, how can you pick this guy for every England And that game? gives him kind of a, a sense of security. Yeah, but it's also giving him like this like false sense of... Of security. Of, yeah. of security. But yeah. also like it's, it's completely blown steam up his ass. Yeah. Because he thinks he's much grander than he actually is. Yeah. And there's no disrespect to the guy. He's a better footballer than I'll ever be. There's a reason why he's there playing yeah. and I'm not. But I never once in my entire lifetime did I ever think, oh yeah, I'll definitely play for Man United. I mean, I, I look at him playing, I think, you know, geez, a move to Syria would suit him. <laughs> you know, yeah. he, he he would benefit well in, in, say, I know Mourinho was a big admirer of him hmm. um, and wanted us to sign him the, the, year, the year before. before. I mean, he'd, he'd slot in well at, at a team like Roma. Well, considering yeah. the turnaround of Chris Smalling's performance yeah. in career by playing in that league. Yeah. Now, does Maguire have the capacity to learn Italian? Probably. <laughs> Probably not. Cozy, cozy. Scusi. Yeah, scusa. Scusa. Scusa, scusi. He'd probably struggle to differentiate which are the masculine and the feminine words and friends. Too. Yeah, no, I, I think it's a priority that, you know, Maguire has to be sold for. At and least, and the at thing, least thirty to forty million. If we can get that out, if of you him. can get that out, <clears throat> I know what West Ham came in with twenty and it was rejected. Yeah, I do think twenty is too low. 
right? Re- far, far too long. Regardless of his performances, what's he got left in his contract? Easily more than two years. Yeah. Easily two or three years left yeah. in his contract. The fact that he's an England international plays every England game yeah. in the starting 11. Yeah. Right? Uh, his market value is obviously in the bin. Yeah. But 20 million is an insult. Teams like City get 20 million for academy players. Yeah. Right. What's going on there? What's going on there? That's so suspicious to me. Well, the academy players that I think one went to Burnley for 18.5 million, million one went to Fulham for about 20 million yeah what the fuck is going on there that's that's madness madness we have to get to the we have to get to the truth of that of why these players it must be the only team in the world that's done academy players for that sort of money this is completely unproven talent but, but on, on the other side of that and all the sponsors all, well, well, all, all the made up sponsors all the made up sponsors we, should, we, shall, we shall digress we were, these, are not any sort, the, these are not any sort of serious accusations no no but, but no. they also are very serious no, accusations 115 but yeah exactly <laughs> but I do but, but then given a little bit of hindsight is this the reputation that they have built when you get to like, I know there's not many academy players in True. there. There's not many academy players that actually break into their fourth team. I think Phil Foden is probably the only one. Yeah, Rico Lewis is he? Okay, but he didn't really. But like, he's played. He's played. Foden has like cemented himself oh, into yeah. that fourth team. Fo- and, and don't get me a wrong. Superstar, yeah. An unbelievable player. The fact that his father is a United fan. Oh, it's ki- kills that absolutely me. kills me. Kills the me. fact that nobody he had... was a United fan, wasn't he? Growing, he de- surely he was. His father was. He's a Stockport lad, isn't he? Yeah. I just it, it kills me that nobody at the club yeah. saw this guy really, really young and, yeah. and took him across. I think we don't know what Ryan Giggs. Yeah. Way, way, way back in the day because didn't, didn't he have his mother, his father's name on City's yeah. books and then that's why he became Giggs, yeah. which is his mother's name. That's how he yeah. skirted around at the time. But who did we have in charge then? We, 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 had, we had Ferguson then. Ferguson. And, and we had for, Ferguson identified all the best talent yeah. in, in the city at that point. Yeah. He had scouts Everywhere and that was eyes a, everywhere. And that was a Scottish model. Do yeah, I mean when I think we going back to talking about quadruples. I think Celtic one of the only teams to ever do a quadruple yeah. way 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 back in the day. Yeah, and there's a really mad stat that every single player in the squad was born within I think it's like 50 miles yeah. of Parkhead or something like yeah. that. That's mental. No, that it? is yeah. mental. You'd never ever see that ever again. You know, never again. No, that, you look at City, the home group. Foden is Foden, Foden the only Manchester. Le- yeah, am I? Yeah, I'm right in saying that. Where's Stones from? Stones was they got him from Everton. I think Stones might he might be Lancashire based. That's where he's, he's yeah. from. But he's like he's he's not home. He's not, he's not homegrown. No. He's not an academy graduate. No, Foden's the only one. I don't know how they get away with that. Isn't that some sort of real homegrown talent? I don't know how they get away with that either. Yeah, I think there's like when you really think of it, I think if they don't feel Stones Walker's on his way out, if they don't feel that's another thing. They Walker and Gundogan gone. Yeah. Like there's a lot of experience got now. Listen, you and know what Pep's like. He's he's one of these, he's one of these freaks that will rebuild in some way. I mean, when Cancelo went to Bayern, I thought, oh, that could be. Yeah. And then they fucking moved. He moved Ake into the left back position, I believe, yeah. didn't he? And then turned John Stones into like instead of like a false nine, he's like a false six or something. Like it's that's mad. He, he turned John Stones into a world class player. That's he, mental. He, John Stones was the best centre back in the world last season, in my opinion. He was the best. If you look at that Champions League final, John Stones probably put in one of the best Champions League finals I've seen since someone like Zidane. Yeah. And that is saying something. That's crazy what and that he, was. You're done. saying he's a false six, and then who do you have in front of him? Fucking Rodri. Yeah. 
Now, see that Rodri guy? I know we're diverting way off Manchester United. It doesn't here, matter. Right? It doesn't matter. No, it doesn't, no. This Rodri guy, how does he get away with fouling people for 90 minutes and never get sent off? Ever. Ever. It's know. absolutely bizarre. Would you ask Fabinho as well? Because he did that at Liverpool. Like, why, like, why can't you know you go out? Like, Casemiro never got sent off in his entire career. Comes to the Premier League at two. Two red cards. Madness. I, no, no, I don't care. If, listen, you know, fellow United fans, non-United fans, I'm being biased here. They're, they're, I, I genuinely do think there's a bit of an agenda on Casemiro. Because if you, you do, you, you mentioned Rodri there and Fabinho, the amount of fouls, red card that, fouls he got that, away with in the last couple of years. Fabinho tackle on Ferguson. Yes. Shocking. That, there's zero and ten for a ball there and maybe it's a bit biased because like I'm a huge Evan Ferguson fan I think oh, United so I. I think United should have went and bought him and I put know. him back on loan at Brighton yeah. I honestly think that's the move if Ferguson was at the helm now that's what the move that would have been done okay, this I summer I think he's a United fan as well right that tackle maybe as a United fan and I'm Irish I hate Liverpool love Evan Ferguson <laughs> so maybe there's a bit of an agenda here but that tackle is Absolutely shocking. Yeah, it was absolutely shocking. Not only was that a red card, that should have been a hefty ban. Yeah, because his intent there was to hurt this kid. Yeah, and he could have done serious damage. Yeah, do you know what I mean? And but he's he, he, there's been so many situations where he's gotten away with it. That was a yellow. It's that was a yellow card. Yeah. It's shocking. Well, look, he's he's gone now. Um, I think he's gone off to Saudi. Isn't yeah, he? and and even that, <clears throat> like Jordan Henderson as well. They they got. Some money. Yeah. Liverpool got some money for Fabinho and Jordan Henderson. I know. From the Saudis. Right. And then we get nine million for Alex Telles. <laughs> what is going on there? Why 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 is the person in charge of transfers at United treating it like it's a local well, I, corner shop? I think when you look at Henderson and you look at Fabinho, you you look at the C V, you look at the Champions League winners, yeah. Premier League winners, um, you know, COVID in that, in that midfield that COVID Premier League winners took, we'll, just, we'll yeah, just put that in there COVID Premier League but, but in that midfield that took City to the limit kind of yeah um, it's more so a reputation thing I think so with their yeah. price tags it 100% is yeah like I, I was I, I was hoping they were going to keep Fabinho for another season because also he's, he's a liability at fouling but he became a liability in general in, general. in that midfield I'm like yeah. oh god they've, they've got a fresh midfield now they're bringing in the, I think they might be bringing in this Lavia kid who I think United should be all over but you know moving on to that we're looking at the Amrabat chap yeah which had a brilliant World Cup brilliant World Cup and he had a, a decent season as well with Fiorentina yeah um, I don't know much about him I watched him in the World Cup I was, I, yeah I, I don't know much about him but I was impressed watching him in the World yeah. Cup um, his positional play is played like, under Ten Hag at Utrecht yeah yeah. so coach obviously knows him yeah um, do I think he'll be in the starting 11 week in week out no. no but is he quality depth yes Yeah. and I think that's where we lack if you look at City City can field two world class 11s yeah. yeah do you know what I mean now granted they have um, 115 reasons why they can field <laughs> two world class 11s <laughs> but uh, <laughs> we're gonna use, that number is gonna that be number, mentioned so many times yeah so many times <laughs> until the crows come a crowing but um, <clears throat> no that, that, to me and all my mates that's a discussion we have all the time will they strip them of their titles will they do this yeah. it's like, that's never gonna happen yeah. ever that's a can of worms that they can't afford to yeah. open but I think this I think Amrabat I think he will I mean it's a uh, 
it's a very decent replacement for Fred. If Fred is to go to either Fulham or Galatasaray, I heard they're interested. Mm. Um, I think they're bringing him in for maybe 30 million. Which is not bad business. It's not bad business at all. Mm. Um, but obviously, Especially in today's market. He knows the manager. He's played under him. Mm. For a, I think it was a short span of time he played under Ten Hag. But he'll get the principles of Ten Hag's play. He'll understand that. And I think... Um, if we get that over the line, I'd be happy enough with what we have. And he's um, only 26. Only 26. Yeah. And, and Ka- I mean, the worry as well, you know, because Casemiro, I, God, I love him so much, but I've ne- like a player, I've never seen, a player's given me so much anxiety mm-hmm. since since Scholes. Since when Scholes <laughs> used to lunge in for tackles, I used to, my God, my heart, I'd need a new feckin' pacemaker. That was, it was that bad yeah. with Scholes. So Casemiro, we can kind of relax the sense if this Amrabat guy is good enough, you know, mm. start for United, he can slot in yeah. for Casemiro. Yeah. You know? And uh, like also, the the thing is, you start to make rash decisions and tackles like yeah. that when you're tired, when you're fatigued, yeah. when you're playing three games, you know, a week, yeah. essentially. Um, when there's a reason why the likes of, you know, um, Rodri and, and, and Co can get away with those things yeah. because they're doing them in a really smart clinical course, fashion yeah. because it's calculated Yeah, because he's not playing three games a week he's probably playing one and a half Yeah, because they have the depth to be able to rotate oh, yeah. and we, we don't like you can really see it in last season when Casemiro was suspended when Varane was injured yeah. when Martinez was, was suspended when we lose a key player out of the starting 11 mm. the quality goes from here to here yeah. Like it drops dramatically, and you cannot afford to have that dr- dramatic drop in ability yeah. in quality. You can't if you're expecting to go win trophies. But speaking of that depth as well, I mean, we had a young baller in Kobe Minu, and now he's out for two to three months. Yeah, and what and, a shame! And it was it was the plan was no, he's not going out on loan. Yeah, we're gonna try. That's, we're gonna integrate that was, him. That was gonna be his game. breakout season, which is such a shame. And I, like I know, I go back to Arsenal trying to you know, integrate new players into the team, but like, you spend 100 million on Declan Rice and this kid comes in yeah. and runs the show. Runs the show. That is, that is unbelievable. Yeah. Unbelievable. Do you know what I mean? And I, I think, I really do hope, I don't know, like a Wayne Rooney oxygen chamber sort of situation. <laughs> they say it's two to three months. Mm. Just do whatever Pep done to, uh, to the But when Bruyne. I look at that, that's four months. Yeah. You'll slowly. Do you remember when De Bruyne had done like an ACL injury or something like that a few years ago, and Pep gave him some sort of uh, milkshake or something like that? And <laughs> oh then, yeah, yeah. And then he was all, all of a sudden he was back in two weeks. Or something. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Just ring L. Just ring L. Pedro Guardiola. One of those Eddie Rockets milkshakes. Yeah. With a bit of protein and that's it. Yeah. Protein. Uh, yeah. Sure it was. <laughs> and you know that, that that sort of Rio Ferdinand drug test sort of deal needs to be going on there. I'm telling you now. Shh, we need to get Rio on. Yeah. Don't be saying that. I'm sure we can ask Rio about those sort of questions. Where were you, Rio? <laughs> Where were you? We missed you for like eight. What, what was that? That band like eight weeks or something like that? More? Was it snow? Was it not six months? Mo- was it six months? It was a hefty ban, wasn't it? How do you give with this Rio Ferdinand? David, our producer, might, uh, he might be quicker too. I don't know. I don't know. Eight, eight months. Months. Yeah. I knew it was eight. So I, said, I think I said eight weeks. When I said eight months, that it was eight months. <clears throat> now, fair, fair enough. If you miss a drug test, you deserve a ban. Yeah. But Pep. Well, 
There's history there, isn't there? Oh, there yeah. is indeed. There yeah. is indeed. I think Pep has a long, long-standing history with uh, yeah. skirting the rules. Yeah. You know, we 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 see what came out about Barcelona and a lot of these sort of payments to referee funds. And, yeah, and not now, in the 90s, wasn't it? Is it late 90s or early 2000s that kind of came out? Yeah. Yeah. And then, sure, only recently then, sure, didn't come out that Barcelona paid X amount of million to some referee fund there when Guardiola was at the helm. Yeah. And now 115 allegations. Yeah. So Pep has a little bit of, you know, history of skeletons in the closet. Possibly. He yeah. likes piling them up in there, doesn't he? Yeah. Do you know what I mean? That's, maybe that's why he's bald. That's stressed out that the club's going to board out. Do you know, we say that and then, I mean, but it's mainly Liverpool fans. Oh, but Fer- Fergie had the referees in his pocket. There's no Fergie yeah. had the referees in his Here, pocket. This, this he is bribed what, them all. I'm sure he did, yeah. But He threatened all their families. He bribed them all. Like, Ferguson was apparently like this horrible... Well, like Don Corleone of the, of Don, the Premier yeah, League. Yeah, like a Don Corleone. He was like, <laughs> he was like yeah, they, they made him out to be like this big, powerful Hollywood producer that could ruin your career in fucking 10 seconds. That's the way they made him out to be Let's, with the referees. But like, okay, yeah, I know, I know we were dominant in, in the 90s, but if Ferguson really was to that degree, there's no way certain things would have played out. Yeah. Like, we would have just won everything. Like yeah, every, everything, literally everything. Oh, but I mentioned Klopp. I mentioned remember Klopp's behaviour there. Yeah, gets away with more screaming at the referee. What did he do to the referee? He, yeah, screamed in his face after Liverpool scored the winner against Spurs. Hmm. And I called it out on Twitter, and I got all the Liverpool fans on to me. Oh, but Fer- Fergie this, Fergie did that, Fergie. It's it's oh, but Fergie did this in the nineties. That's in the past. But also, and I don't think Ferguson would scream in someone's face. After they scored, he'd, he'd certainly complain. Like, listen, hold me hands up. Ferguson used to give the referees hell. Yeah, but, and, but the fact, bribery and all that. No. Going into your little conspiracy theories. But what they, are you? Do you want to join QAnon, Liverpool fans? Is that what you want to do? They still talk about that now. And I always say, it's like, oh, so you know what? Spend all that money bribing referees <laughs> only to finish, what, fourth? Fifth, sixth, <laughs> yeah. win no trophies. I mean, that's money well spent, isn't it? Yeah. Like, let's be real. But even like going back to, like, say, what Klopp gets away with, that clip where he sprints to the halfway line to high five Allison. Not yeah. only is he leaving his technical area, he enters the field of play. I know, yeah. And not an eyelid bad. Yeah. Didn't get a yellow card, didn't get sent off now, nothing. Look, I've I've a lot of respect for Klopp, I do. I think what he what he's done and how he's, you know, took kind of city to the limit, fair play to him. But there's this whole thing around Klopp that he's he's this certain character, he's he's fun, he's relatable, he is not in any shape or form that way. No. Like you've seen him, he's he's a terrible loser. A ter- when things don't go his way. The pitch is too wet. The pitch is too Everything's dry. too wet. It's too windy. And I'm sorry, I'm looking at Ten Hag. Ten Hag's had a lot of fuck. He could have complained about so much shit last year. So much shit with mm. all the fixture congestion. All of that. He decided not to. Mm. And you look at Klopp. Any bit of like, you know, they play Champions League on a Wednesday night and they play on a fucking uh, Saturday at twelve, at half twelve, it's oh, oh, this it's it's theatrics, it's drama. Yeah, you know, but I'm like, watching an Oscar performance. It's it's it's, it's like you know what I mean. I I actually don't even mind the excuses because they just they they make funny tweets afterwards. The grass is too long. Grass is too short. Grass, grass is too, too wet. The grass wind. too dry. The wind, the wind. The wind. It was too windy because it yeah, wasn't. It was. I think that was in Craven Cottage. I think it was against oh, yeah, Fulham, like, wasn't it? Yeah. Because Fulham didn't play in the wind. Yeah. Uh, the wind, the wind only kicked up when Liverpool were in possession oh, of the ball. Absolutely, no. We need to appeal to Mother Nature about the wind. <laughs> yeah, for sure, it's a big problem. Yeah, yeah. Mother Nature, of course. We'll get on to Greta Thunberg and see what the problem is with that. Yeah. <laughs> How dare you? 
<laughs> how dare you? <laughs> For sure. That's what Greta says. How dare you? How dare the wind? How dare the Premier League let it happen? It's absolutely disgraceful. For sure. Absolutely. Oh, okay. <laughs> Liverpool fans are going to love this podcast. Yes. Yes. <laughs> uh, lastly, oh, Nana. Do, Damien, do we have our quote-unquote Ederson or Alisson do we have our, do our, we, our, our new modern keeper. do we have our modern goalkeeper now I, th- I think so I, like I think he's been uh, look I mean it's been really really harsh I think he's conceded five goals in his first two games yeah I think Heaton conceded a few yesterday though did he no I think Heaton might because he he was started it? yesterday what was it yeah, I think Onana conceded one. Onana came on a half time. Did he only concede one? We go back to Maguire. He fucking gave Maguire a mouthful yesterday. I was, literally, I was just about to say it. Yeah. After he makes that save, and then it goes, it goes out for a goal kick, and he, run, ran he, he doesn't, he, he doesn't even just shout. He sprints yeah. ten yards towards him and <laughs> gives him an airful, and that is what we need. That's a commander. We need yeah. a, a. Now, don't get me wrong. Goalkeeper. De Gea was vocal. De Gea would scream at people. Uh, but De Gea yeah. would scream at people after he made his own mistake and then rectified that mistake with exactly. a good, decent save and then he'd scream at his yeah. defence. Yeah. Yeah, and I think that's that that's the issue there. Yeah. Like, De, like there's almost this narrative on, on Twitter that De Gea would almost intentionally make mistakes just so he'd have yeah. to make saves. Yeah. <laughs> like, but... But this guy, like, this guy, yeah, this guy's a might serious, not be, serious might not be a better shot stopper than De Gea, but De Gea was De Gea's a rare a, breed when it came to that. Yeah, but his passing, yeah, his awareness for a pass is is just his overall, his positional awareness as yeah. a goalkeeper. He's got and all he'll, of that and commanding his box more so. And he commands his box. The commanding his box vocal. more so. He's yeah. unbelievably vocal, yeah. and we haven't had a keeper like that since Edwin Van der Sar. Yeah. Big time. Now, obviously, we had the Hay and, and Van der Sars before. And don't get me wrong. And, and Schmeichel. Yeah. Schmeichel, like, Schmeichel used to scream the face off some of the centre backs. Yeah. You know, it, like, you need that. There's almost like quote, there's quotes from players that they would almost be terrified to make a mistake because they'd have to deal with Peter. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And that's the sort of fear that you need. They'd have to deal with Peter and then they'd have fucking Roy. Yeah. <laughs> Roy <laughs> Into Kane. the box. Yeah. Could you, you know? imagine Imagine playing with those guys? Like that Darren Fletcher quote. Wouldn't Darren Fletcher tell a story? about his first ever first team training and he passed the ball sideways not backwards sideways and Roy Keane marched all the way up to him grabbed him with a scruff and said you're playing for Manchester United have some fucking ambition and pass the ball forward <laughs> <laughs> could you imagine oh stop but if you're ever going to step up yeah it's little things like that do you know what I mean that's, that's the standard that's demanded yeah. and I think United have lacked that for a long time and you can start to see those standards start to creep back in now yeah. it's coming from the manager I think Bruno really demands those standards as well. Yeah, um, think, massively so. Yeah, I seen a quote there. But he's the biggest winger in the league, according to Royal. He is a big, he is a winger. But you know who else wins all the time? Michael Jordan. Yeah. Yeah, there's a reason why he has six six NBA rings on his on his yeah. things. Two three peats he won yeah. after taking. Well, we need to back up that winger with a Premier League title. With yeah, big <laughs> big big time. Do, yeah. do you know what I mean? Like, but. Don't get like there's a there's a there's times where he frustrates me. There's times when he goes down yeah. very easy. There's times when the game's not going his way and he's whinging and like yeah, fair enough. Like, yeah, he has a bit of beef with Gary Neville as well. Yeah, but the thing is, right, he turned down something with the overlap. Yeah. He doesn't he doesn't want to be interviewed by Gary Neville yeah. at all after the comments Neville made after the Liverpool game. Yeah, like I'm fair enough. Like yeah. But, and, and the thing is he's under no obligation to do any of that garbage anyways. Yeah. But Bruno, if you're watching this, this is not garbage. We'd love to uh, have a chat. 
I see Bruno Fernandes. I absolutely adore him in every single fucking way. Oi, I do. Honestly. I love him. He is everything I want in a Manchester United yeah, player. I'd have ten it's more of him. Consistent. Yes, he makes mistakes that frustrate me, but I know every time he makes that fucking mistake, he owes up with yeah. a goal with, with a goal and an assist. Yeah, he owes up for his mistakes. But the thing every is, every single time he. He makes mistakes in the right areas of the pitch up, as well. Sorry, yeah. He makes mistakes in the right areas of the pitch as well. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, um, you know, going off to, off off topic, watching the the All Ireland final yesterday, yeah, where Kerry had a clear tactic to yeah. foul Jack McCaffrey, yes. as far away from Same the goal much, as possible. Yeah. Don't let him run at you. Yeah. So, Bruno makes mistakes in the right areas of the pitch. I mean, he plays risky passes. Yeah, okay, look, Hollywood passes. But he's doing them in the final tour. Yeah. Where if we lose the ball there, it's fine. That's where you're meant to lose the ball. Yeah. Where you're meant to try stuff. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. He's, he's not doing 40 step overs and Rabonas and Elastigos no, you know, outside of his own. No, he's not doing any of that shit. He, he do, he, he play, he, for someone that's very ambitious and play, plays a lot of forward passes, at the same time, he's um, he's very basic, he's very simple with his play, which I which I yeah. can appreciate. Um. I think Bruno's very effective as well when he plays a bit deeper in the yeah, midfield. Can be, yeah. Because he, oh, like, he, he can pick out he can pick out some of those long passes. Yeah, he's great at like reading the game. Anthony or, or at Rashford. He, so this kid coming in, you never know. It could, you know, obviously as well. We have to the first episode of this podcast. We have to give a bit of credit to Benny McCarthy, who has oh done an, out, an outstanding job with improving some of the finishing with the, the and attackers and what he could do with this kid as well. I'm, yeah. I'm, ex- I'm intrigued. Big time to know what he and, and, and got absolute stick on on Twitter when it was announced. That, oh, that, massive stick! Yeah, massive stick on Twitter and shut everybody up very quickly. He's brilliant. Yeah, unbelievable, Un- unbelievable. Yeah, and yeah, I, I honestly think this new kid and this is why I wanted Eric Ferguson uh, Evan Ferguson so bad as well because yeah. I do feel oh, so like, do I man what don't, like, don't get me wrong what Brighton are doing is nothing short of a miracle Yeah. when you think of the players that they've moved on like Cucurella to Chelsea and they're, they're yeah. selling players for decent fees as well mind, mind you they're demanding decent fees for yeah. players oh, and they're getting them and they're getting them but the quality of football has not decreased at all, like Chelsea basically went and bought half their team at one one point. Yeah, buying Brighton players at the hand over fist. Got when the what manager they got, too. what they actually yeah, and got the manager <laughs> as well. But, but what what they failed to do was go get their scouts and get the rest of the coaching staff yeah. and and get all the background staff. Ah, uh, the operation at that club is stellar. It's perfect. It's it's stellar. stellar. It's it's know? what Leicester done the couple of years before going yes. and winning the league. Yeah, it, and it's it's very similar model and it's it's so nice to to see. Yeah. Now it'll be very interesting to see how they cope now with European football on their plate. Yeah, and and having to the deal. Keep Casado. I think they do. I think. I think they do. I think. I think it's getting European football. I mean, is 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 a yeah. big, is a big pull. Um, He's still young, Casado. He can. Yeah. Could probably move on maybe January or somewhere next. Yeah, year. maybe or somewhere somewhere next year. I think it'll all depend on how how well they do now with the extra game. Yeah. Of um. Of European football because yeah. essentially they'll be playing in all four competitions next year. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, another team then has got European football being Newcastle. Yeah. I mean, and that that's a huge pull for them getting Champions League football, but they haven't really been, you know, major in the in the transfer window. And I was really scared when they when they secured top four. I was just like, oh, okay, here we go. And Bappe, the Newcastle's on. <laughs> I honestly honestly thought it they could just still go- be on. Yeah, it could still be on. Yeah, they're probably the only club other than the Saudis that can afford them. Yeah. Um, I honestly thought they'd be going out and buying every Tom, Dick and Harry 
Yeah, just, just not Harry I, I Kane. I think their, their their recruitment has been. But Eddie Howe is so much. It's it's been it's been underwhelming in the sense that it's not like, oh, you, everyone thought they they'll play it like unlimited funds when you're playing FIFA or something like that. Yeah. You know, it's been spot on though. That like mm. that that fucking Isaac. Yeah, that's a player. That's a serious serious player and they have a serious manager there that is clearly very calculating the signings that he's buying rather than just going out and buying I always thought he'd be a successor to Pochettino at Spurs because mm. he had that same kind of blueprint of attacking play yeah. that Poch had that Poch kind of implemented at Spurs I always thought that was kind of what how his next step was but he's obviously doing it at Newcastle now Yeah, <clears throat> he's turned Callum Wilson into an absolute machine as well yeah and then even taking Trippier back from Atletico and then integrating oh, him back Trippier in. Was always, Trippier always was always good, always good player. Now yeah. we were linked with him for a while, weren't we? We were, yeah. we were. Would have, um, been an, would have been an interesting signing. It would have been. Mm. But look, we're two weeks out from the opening game of the Premier League against yeah. the Wolves. Um, it's going to finish it up here. What's your prediction for that, for that game in a couple of weeks? I think Wolves had a really, really tough season last year. Yeah. Um, and Wolves are a team that I, I quite rate, but then haven't they lost Ruben Neves? Then Neves goes Saudi. Saudi has so, Traore gone? I'm not sure actually. But Traore now. Collins has gone. To, Collins. Collins. Well, yeah. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Collins went to Brentford. Collins so, signed for Brentford. Yeah, so they've lost yeah. a couple. Of, like Ruben Neves is a huge loss. Huge, huge yeah. loss. Um, on the back of a tough season already. Yeah. Um, I think if I look at the entire Premier League. Wolves are one of the teams that I would have wanted in the opening game. Yeah, it's a, it's 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 a it's a decent enough game. Now in to saying have. in saying that <laughs> in saying that last <laughs> last year, yeah, like you think, oh Brentford. I just have PTSD from fucking Brighton and Brentford. Yeah, that's it. it literally, literally, what I was saying is like because if you look at the last year, like obviously Brentford is like the four, the obviously the team that you yeah. want to play. But in saying that, the team that has just come up is probably the team you don't want to play. Yeah, because they've got everything to prove. Yeah, and you've got everything to lose. Yeah. Because if you win, it's like, oh, obviously you won. They just got promoted. That's, you're expected to win. But then if you lose, everybody talks about it. Well, I wonder what that starting 11 would be. Oh, go on. Give us your prediction starting 11. Oh, well, I think Onana. Yeah. Dallow right back. Yeah. Uh, Lika and uh, Varane. Yeah. Pairing. Shaw. Yeah. Midfield three. Casemiro, Mount. Bruno. Yeah. Rashford on the left. Rasmus Hoyland up front. You reckon he'll go straight in? And Anthony on the right. I think he's, that's what he's going to go with. I would agree with all, but I think he'll do Sancho at false nine and then bring um, Hoyland off the bench. Possibly. I think that's what he'll do. But will Hoyland might get minutes. He might get a few minutes before that game because we've we've that pre-season friendly against Bilbao and the Aviva. Yes. And we have another one, I think, against Lens or something. Mm. Ten days before. Yeah, so he might, he might get a few minutes, but I don't think he'll start him yeah. straight off the bat. Are you excited? Very excited. Isn't it great? Do you know what I love about a summer without like an international tournament that you're just waiting for the Premier League? I just fucking love it. I yeah. get myself so amped up. I get so excited. New signs coming in. Back watching the fucking football on the weekend. Yeah. Oh, Absolutely. Yeah. I'm lost without it for the summer. And My father-in-law, who's a huge United fan, he's fucking lost without it. Yeah. The two of us. We don't know what to be doing. Yeah. Like, I've got a new baby coming soon as well, so I'm, oh, I am yeah. going to be busy with that. going to be busy with that. <laughs> if Al doesn't stop, he'll have his own team. To any retro any soon. retro shirts out there you can do for babies? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Get someone to uh, to cut one up and, and, and sew it up. Yeah. Um, yeah. 
madness. I think we've covered everything. I think so, yeah. But I think the big the big takeaway from last season and then the, the transfers that we've made yeah. is it's it's been quite a while. We we spoke about it in in the mock pilot that we recorded. Yeah. Um, which was lo- luckily it it went really well because that's why we're here now. Yeah. Um. I think we we touched on it and that, and I think we'll touch on it again now. It's it's so nice to be excited for the upcoming ah, season because there was just so many years where you were just yeah. like not again. <laughs> I remember the Mourinho's final season. Mm. Um, opening game we beat Leicester two one, but I remember dreading. I remember going into that season dreading yeah. the start of it because I remember Liverpool had just bought Allison and and they brought in. Nabi Keita who, yeah. who looked like a player at the time but that, that was a season where they won the Champions League that's the only ever kind of summer where I've kind of like been oh no uh, this is this isn't good yeah or going into Fred and um, Dallow were our only signings yeah and going into Van Hal's last season I yeah I remember we got rid of we, De Maria was gone but we brought in like Schweinsteiger Depay mm. Good signings, but yeah. it was just the manner in which the football was played. Like I think didn't didn't we go like for me that's a personal favourite season. We won the <laughs> FA Cup, right? But I was working for Joe.ie and Van Gaal was one of my f- kind of staple impressions at that point. Mm. And I uh, shout out to him, Christian von Strenger, who used to do all of the content at Joe. We made some masterpieces together. Like we did a like Van Gaal was just on the verge of getting the sack, and we did a feckin'. Uh, I will survive mock video of yeah. Van Gaal. If you, I don't know if you've ever seen yeah. it, we did that, and we did so much just centered around him because he was such a character. Yeah, but that's me being selfish. Yeah, <laughs> was he, he, he was a huge character. It was just the brand of football was just in the. Bin. Oh, it was. It was just in the. Shite. That was like what? Martial's debut season as well. Yeah. Oh, but that was 12, the memories. That was twelve plus games of basically nil all draw. <laughs> it's just awful. Didn't we go top of the league in November? <laughs> We went top of the league. Yeah, oh, yeah on draws. <laughs> but everyone underperformed that. But that was just a great season because everyone was just... Everybody was And Leicester just steamrolled yeah. everything. It came out of nowhere. Yeah, mad Mares and Kante. But uh, it really was so nice to... Um, it is so nice to be excited for the upcoming season. Yeah. Um, and I think that's something that the manager is really, really throwing around the club. And there yeah. seems to be a lot of optimism. Um, optimism about the change of ownership. Oh, I hope um, that's true. Yeah. So, um, whether whether that happens or not is beyond a lot of people's I control. I think we'll find out something soon enough. Yeah, I think whether it happens, it's um out of a lot of people's control. I think, me personally, like obviously, I do not have a billion euros in the bank. No. But if the Saudis came in and offered me whatever, like four plus billion, I would be like, thank you very much. I will. They want six. They want. They want six. Um. I think seven or something, maybe even. But the thing is, I think if they came in, if they if they came in later <laughs> on and said, "Here's your six, I think they'd be like, "Oh, well, I want seven now." I think that's going to be the pattern. Six. It'll just it'll just be this cat and mouse thing. The nerve that just bought on a leveraged buyout and yeah, but put the club into debt. Ah, look, no, we, we no, could, we no, could speak it's about for could, another day, David. Yeah, we, it's for another day. Our producer, he's looking at me. We could speak about, about the start. Yeah, we could speak about that. <laughs> you know, till the cows come home. Yeah. But um, again, it's something that's never ever going to be in anybody's control other than their own. Yeah. Um, the, the fans have obviously spoken out very heavily against it and even then nothing happens yeah. do you know what I mean so we can cry moan whinge back them hate them whatever and yeah. it's it's out of our control I 
I think the only thing that is within our control as fans is backing the manager and backing the players on the pitch. That's it. Yeah, um, and I always, always stand by that. Yeah, and I think um, if if the fan base can get behind the manager and the players on the pitch, then yeah. I think I think we'll be on on to one. Yeah. Um, I, have, I think we can have a really good season. Do I think we'll win it? No. Do I think we'll win a trophy? No. Maybe an FA Cup or a Carabao. Um, I think it's going to be City or Arsenal to win the league. Unfortunately, I'd hate to see City do four in a row because mm. obviously nobody's ever done that. Liverpool might surprise you. Liverpool might surprise. Um, I still think they lack it in the I midfield. think we'll be up there though. I think I, we'll be I, up do. There. I think it'll be City, Arsenal to do one or two and then it'll be ourselves, Newcastle, Liverpool, Spurs. That'll all kind of Chelsea yeah. maybe if they... Well, they if, haven't got if, the... If, if Chelsea sort <clears throat> their shit out, like they have some squad whether that squad can all play together is a different deal they have altogether. a decent manager there too decent manager now as well um, but I do think it'll be the, the rest of that little crop what about, what about Villa and what yeah, about Villa, Villa I have well. a feeling that Villa might surprise a few this season mm, it just depends if they can sustain it that's that's the only that's, thing. Yeah. That's the thing. Sustaining it over the over the period of a full season is that, not easy. The, the Abbey signing yeah. from Leverkusen, like he's a serious player. Yeah, and a good manager in the dugout. And a great manager in the dugout. Yeah, someone that knows how to get results. Yeah, and he loves the evening. Yeah, good evening. <laughs> good evening. Ah <laughs> oh, no, I'm not gonna hear. Good. <laughs> good for us. Good evening. Good afternoon. He's actually afternoon. Um, right. Damien. Ah, yes, he did it. <laughs> this is the United Way. Yes. I'm Al Forn. I'm Damien Broderick. This is the first episode. We're delighted to get this up and running. Our producer, David Hammond. Thank you very much, David. Thank you, David. Stand Still up, take job. it out. We will be back Tuesday. <laughs> every Tuesday. Yeah, every Tuesday. And be on the lookout. We're going to get some good guests in over the next couple of weeks. Yes, well. absolutely. Big Roy coming for you. Coming for you, Roy. We know you're the leader on Instagram, <laughs> but we'll find you somehow. <laughs> we'll find you. Folks, thanks a million for listening. See you next week. Subscribe to this podcast for free on the Go Loud app.